0: You're listening to Team Talk, a podcast by the Evangelical Movement of Wales to support church leaders. And welcome to the fourth podcast of the EMW Team Talk. We're delighted that you've been able to join us wherever you are, whatever you're doing. We hope that the next 20 minutes or so are going to be of help to you in your ministry, whether you're a pastor, deacon, elder, youth worker or whatever, recognize some sort of position in the local church as a leader. We welcome you and trust that today will be a real help and encouragement and blessing to you. Well, I'm joined today once again by my very good friend and mentor, Jeff Creswell. Hello, Jeff. Hi, lovely to be here. Great. Good to have you with us. Uh, this is part two of what looks like becoming a three-part series on self-care in ministry. If you missed the previous podcast, which is number three of the EMW Team Talk podcast, do listen to it as uh, the foundation, really, for what we're going to talk today, Jeff is is found in that podcast. Hmm. Last week, we actually began by referencing those really important, critical words in First Timothy four sixteen. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And it's fascinating, Jeff, isn't it? How Paul, as he writes to Timothy, there highlights life. And doctrine. Do you think, Jeff? Sometimes that we don't think doctrinally enough about self-care in ministry. Um. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> right. On to the next question. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I, I think um, that's absolutely right. Uh, um, from my perspective, I think it's 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 both ways, isn't it? It's bringing the truth to life. But again, it's reflecting on life with truth. And so you reflect on the truth and you think, how does this apply to my life? Uh, how does the word of God influence the way I behave and think and act? And But vice versa, you think of the way that you're actually behaving and acting and whatever. And is that in line with doctrine and what I know about scripture? And sometimes there is a disconnect. Well, I think... For all of us, there's always a disconnect. And I think the challenge is to try and bring ourselves to have that integrity. I think that's what integrity is. It's that connection between what we believe and what we think and what we do and how we are. And, um, yeah, bringing that integrity into line by uh, understanding and applying doctrine and understanding how doctrine applies to our life is critical.
0: Well, last week we looked at three key areas, which really were in the the area of the subjects of delegation, we looked at that from Exodus 18, 14 to 27, rest, we looked at that from Mark 6, 31 and 32, and then the third one was friendship, which we saw from 2 Corinthians 2, 12, 13, and also into chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians verses 5 and 7 there. As I say, if you haven't listened to podcast number three, which is the first of this three part series on uh, self-care in ministry, we do recommend that you, you listen to that perhaps before listening to this. Okay, Jeff, if we take the first of those, delegation, Christian leaders are always being told that they should delegate. Delegation is important. There's all sorts of pros and positives there. But how do we think theologically? about delegation what might the big one be jeff
1: uh i think the big one is the sovereignty of god i think that's fundamental and if you're not delegating for whatever reason i think it comes back to the idea well has got got control over this if i don't do it um well god knows that if i can't do it does god's sovereignty cease at that point to, You can't imagine you being unable to meet somebody's need or being able to get a job done and that thwarting the kingdom of God and its progression. The gates of hell can't hold it back, so why would your inability to to do something or why does it depend on you in that way? It can't. It's got to be the sovereignty of God that, that overrides everything that you do.
0: Yeah, I think the sovereignty of God is often a challenge to a leader's sense of over-control in ministry. Mm. So the idea that the buck stops here is never true in Christian ministry. Ultimate responsibility is with God, who is wonderfully working out his purposes for his glory. And he's able to do it through the mess that we make sometimes. Mm. Mm. You know, we've chatted before about this, and we'll probably talk along these lines in the next podcast, but um, it's very difficult to delegate things out knowing that it's not going to be done as well as you think it should be done. Mm. That's really yeah. hard, isn't it? But the sovereignty of God is surely a comfort in all of that.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, God extends his kingdom often despite us, not because of us. And he works out of mercy and generosity and um, the idea that in some way we are. Yeah, like you said, the buck stops here. The question, I think, in delegation is, why don't you delegate then? And it might be, like you say, because of control, that, you know, unless I do it, it's not going to get done well. It might be out of pride, that your status is such that you don't really want to let go. Again, that's not realizing that you're under shepherds, that God actually is the shepherd. It might be that you don't want to impose on people. That you think, "Oh, I'm going to impose on them," and 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 therefore I'm I'm going to I'll do it myself because you don't like making people do things. Inverted commas. Well, again, you've got the wrong idea of what ministry is because this is God's work, not yours. This is God's church, not yours. And to allow somebody to contribute to the work of God's kingdom is is a wonderful thing, and allow them to use use their gifts. And you might find out, actually, they do it better than you.
0: I was going to say that that fits very well with Ephesians 4, doesn't it? Ephesians 4.12, about uh, preparing God's people for works of service. Yeah. And delegation is uh, a great way of helping people grow into role and service.
1: Yes, and the lack of delegation also um, undermines people. And if every time they've got to come back to you for whatever the tiniest decision, like you said, the over-control that actually undermines their own potential and the development of their gifts for God's kingdom yeah so i think it's a, Ephesians 4 is a very powerful passage on on that whole delegation issue yeah
0: so delegation the sovereignty of god the fact that we're just under shepherds the challenge to our sense of over control the opportunity to develop others we can see already that there are some pretty important theological foundations to an understanding of delegation yes we're well, moving on Jeff to the, the secondary which was the area of rest again what's theologically what might be the big thing that drives our approach to our understanding our need for rest in ministry
1: yeah I think this is a, a major theme throughout the whole of Scripture um, thinking theologically I know obviously come to me all who are weary and heavy laden we will give you rest and there are individual verses but I think theologically it's the whole concept of sabbath and sabbath I mean uh, obviously this is uh, I don't mean to uh, this is grandmother to suck eggs everybody knows this but sabbath is there in creation uh, it's there in the law it's there in Jesus's teaching and it's there in the New Testament in Hebrews. So it's, an, it's such a massive theme running through the whole of Scripture. And I think just my observation, and I, I may be not accurate in this, but I grew up as a, as a young Christian in, a, in an environment where the Sabbath was taken very seriously. But in some senses, some of the application. Um, I don't want to be judgmental, but could be viewed as being tending towards legalism. You know, that you can't carry a pen in your pocket on Sunday. For example, is an extreme example that I knew of. Um, so I think there's been a move away from that, probably, certainly in my observation of how churches have functioned and ministers have preached. But I think in some sense in moving away from that view of the Sabbath I think we've lost the concept of the sabbath and uh, of what rest really is and that it is made for man and that we're human beings and we're not just spirits we're a human being by definition is body and spirit that's what makes a human being so different to the angels and you know so special in amazing creation that you have a body and a spirit joined And you can't pretend that we're just spirit. And if you treat your body, which is actually the temple of the Holy Spirit, if you mistreat that, and don't, you know, the idea, follow the maker's instructions, if you like. This is not about legalism. The maker said, take one day and seven off. Not for me, but for you. Uh, You know, this is the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. And ignoring that and not taking that principle seriously in a practical way because of, as you said, doctrine, um, we end up in um, uh, in a bad place, mental illness or physical collapse or emotional collapse, because we're not taking a Sabbath rest. And it's like a blind spot, I think, in our society. Because we view hard work and zeal rightly as being good, um, I don't think there's any other areas well there must be others but this is one of the, the big themes of scripture that hardly anybody talks about in in currents in, in, certainly in my just in my circle at least
0: Well I'm glad you're talking about it now Jeff because that makes real good sense and I'm sure that is the big issue underpinning our approach to rest principle of Sabbath and in part three on this mini-series, Self-Care in Ministry, I think we'll be looking at particular practical applications to do with finding your Sabbath in Christian ministry. The third area, Jeff, which we looked at last week in uh, part one of this series uh, was friendship, and we saw from 2 Corinthians 2 and 2 Corinthians 7 just how important friendship is. Clearly We've been designed by God to be relational. We see that in the Genesis account. It's sustained all the way through. We see it ultimately Mm. in and through the new birth. Mm. But it comes with responsibilities in us, doesn't it, Mm. to engage in the joy and the discipline of being relational. Um, Mm. Any reflections on that?
1: Yes, I... I think this relates to the fact that we are, the, you know, the theology of the body, that we are we are made for relationships. And I think theologically it comes back to the Trinity, which is fundamentally, uh, a, well, it includes a set of relationships which are constant and loving and faithful and perfect. And that, if you like, is the model, the way the Father loves the Son, is the way that we are supposed to... Love one another, and if we're not engaging in that process, then in one sense, we're not off the first base. I don't think you know it's the the great command isn't it? love the Lord your God, and then love your neighbor and if you don't have it, how can you love your neighbor without a relationship it's but but it sounds like that, but our culture works against us. I think this is probably theologically that's everybody would obviously sign up to that. Nobody's going to argue against that. I wouldn't imagine. But practically uh, in our culture, it works against genuine relationships. Um, and maybe again, we might talk a bit about that next time in how that works in practice.
0: If the new birth restores relationship to God through the finished work of Christ on the cross and faith in him. Mm. That must surely lead to particular relationship between Christians. I think, isn't that something the New Testament seems to bear out? You see it in some of the epistles where there are tensions in churches, and uh, Mm. Paul in particular often is writing to situations to iron those out, to appeal to people, thinking of Philippians, Yodia and Syntyche, and not just them, others in the fellowship as well. Is is that suggestive, Jeff, that there is, looking at this more positively now, a quality of relationship that is unique to the Christian experience in the sense of relationship between Christians?
1: Yeah, I, well, yes, I think that's got to be, isn't it? And it's one of the things that before I was a Christian was one of the biggest things the Spirit showed me to that was that relationship that Christians had with one another and was probably the biggest change, one of the biggest changes when I became a Christian was the, the sense that I could talk to somebody I'd never met before and just have this depth of fellowship. Um, and I think we just need that so much. And I think probably ministers can get cut off from those kind of mutual uh accountable open friendships where you can say whatever you say what's on your heart say what you're thinking because you're on display aren't you and who are you going to be honest with if you're struggling with i don't know whatever it is in your life there's plenty of things we all struggle with is there anybody who sees behind the curtain for you and can support you and say come on brother let's we can do this you're okay uh, you know, just encourage it 's like David and Jonathan isn 't it? Jonathan encouraged his heart in the Lord. My question would be who's doing that for you
0: and that 's a great question and I know from you know the conversations we 've had in the past that these are the kinds of questions which you ask, Jeff, which are so helpful in unlocking some of the practical implications to these areas of self care delegation, rest, and friendship. And when we come to the next podcast, which will be podcast five, but part three in this series, Self-Care in Ministry, these are some of the things which we're going to be looking at. So we've seen today delegation, the importance of the doctrine of the sovereignty of God and understanding ourselves as under shepherds to Christ as the great shepherd, the shepherd of his sheep in the church. We've also looked at the importance of considering Sabbath in the area of rest. And lastly, in considering friendship, we've been looking at the really goes part of the theology of the body that we've been designed for relationship. And so hopefully, as you've been joining us today, you've had a little glimpse into the fact that if we think theologically about the issue of self-care in ministry, or we factor in the need for a theological thinking this can lead us down some very positive avenues and we hope today that you've had some stimulation and some encouragement and wherever you are in terms of the need for self-care that there's been something here today to help you well jeff thanks very much for your time and for being with us it's been great to have you here and look forward to unpacking this a bit further with you uh, in the next podcast so that that's it for today god bless you